last month, I took some vacation time. And while I was on vacation, I traveled east to see family, people I hadn't seen in about two years or some cases more than that. I spent time with my siblings. I visited an aunt and an uncle and checked in on my oldest son. And I also spent time with Lois's family. One evening while I was talking to my father-in-law about traveling and vacations, we got to talking about a vacation that we took together 25 years ago when Lois was pregnant with our first child. It was a trip with just the four of us traveling together, Lois and I and my in-laws. We traveled north from Pennsylvania up into Maine and then on to Canada, ending up at the far northern tip of Nova Scotia. As we were talking about that trip and remembering it together, my father-in-law proclaimed it the best vacation he had ever taken. And it was with me. (laughs) It was in the fall. And it was quite simply one spectacular view after another. The leaves on the trees were turning their vibrant, bright colors. And it seemed as though our timing was perfect. Perfect to see the peak of autumn. We stopped at Acadia National Park, I remember, to see the sunrise one morning, which is always spectacular to see. We saw lighthouses along the rocky coast. It was all very memorable. At the northern tip of Nova Scotia is a national park called Cape Breton Highlands National Park. It is beautiful, and especially so in the fall. And while we were there, one of the things we did was to go on a hike in what seemed like a rather remote part of the park. As we hiked, one of the amazing things we saw was moose from not too far away. We were on a marked hiking trail, but looking into the distance well off the trail, we saw several female moose, cows, I think maybe three or four. At first, we only saw the one that was standing. And then as we looked more carefully, we saw others that were tucked into the undergrowth. We continued walking, and then we came around a bend in the trail, and right in front of us was a male, a bull moose. It was not more than 30 yards away, standing there, right on the trail. It was huge. It was facing away from us, and I wanted to get a picture. So I slowly moved closer. I'm not sure how close I got before it turned its head to look right at me. And as it did that, it did not move off the trail, even as it registered my appearance behind it. It just turned and looked over its shoulder at me. Like I said, it was huge. Its (laughs) rear end was as high as my head. I've read that a bull moose can weigh from 1,200 to 1,600 pounds. And I would not be surprised if this particular specimen tipped the scales at that upper end. So I stopped where I was, and the moose stood there looking at me, and quite suddenly, I started to feel a little bit nervous. (laughs) Especially since the moose did not seem to be nervous about me at all. I tried to take its picture then. The picture didn't turn out very well. Pictures don't turn out well when your hands are shaking. 
or when you're trying to keep one eye on your subject and the other eye on framing the picture both at the same time. Finally, after that lengthy look over its shoulder, the moose moved on down the trail and then off the trail and into the woods. It was the next day, I think, when we were driving our car in that same area that we saw another bull moose. This one crossed the road in front of our car. Again, probably no more than 25 or 30 yards in front of us. It, too, did not seem worried or startled by us. It simply trotted across the road, and when it got to the other side, put down its rack, bending its head forward a little bit, and continued on its way by moving directly through a small stand of sapling trees, snapping them off like twigs. They weren't twigs. They were trees. And the moose wasn't slow or lethargic. It moved quite quickly. And in that moment, the little bit of fear that I had the day before on the trail solidified into something more significant, something more clearly felt. I guess it finally sank in. These animals are not tame. They are wild. They are not slow. They are pretty fast. They are not necessarily passive. They can be active. They are not hesitant. They are forceful. I realized quite clearly then that I had been foolish the day before. I had been foolish. I had overestimated myself. And I had underestimated that huge wild creature just tens of yards away from me. I had overestimated myself, my abilities, my control of the situation. I had not treated that bull moose with the respect it deserved. I should have had a lot more fear and a lot more awe. I was foolish and I got lucky that I got away with it. When the psalmist says the, be the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it feels to me like it may be talking about something similar to what I should have felt on the trail that day. Not perhaps in the sense that we should fear God in the same way that we should fear a wild animal, but in the sense that we often do have this tendency to overestimate ourselves, to overestimate our control or our capabilities, and to not give the respect that we should give to forces more powerful than ourselves. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In the psalm, the particular word translated as fear is not fear in the sense of being afraid. It is fear understood as reverence. That is to say, the reverence that we have for God, the respect, the sense of perspective in terms of how small and powerless we are versus how completely beyond our control or even our comprehension God is, that is the beginning of wisdom. 
Humans can be foolish creatures. We are prone to arrogance, to having this idea that we are more in control than we really are. And even though we are certainly aware that we are mortal creatures, we may live and act as if it is impossible that we will one day die. And we may even act as though we imagine ourselves to be our own gods, all-powerful, all-knowing. But of course, the truth is that we are not. When you are younger, one of the variables in this equation is inexperience. When I encountered that moose, I was 25 years younger than I am now. Was I 25 years less wise as well? Probably, at least in some ways. But there's also this. We do have an urge, or at least a desire, to be courageous people. And generally speaking, courage is a good thing. But courage without perspective, courage without humility, is dangerous, even foolish. Walking up closer to that moose on the trail because I wanted a picture of all things was brave and it was foolish. I was lucky nothing bad happened. Well, you were lucky that nothing bad happened or I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> Last week I was talking about how God is love. And in order to know God, we have to know and understand and commit ourselves to love. Reminding us that we know God as we love each other. As we love in truth and action. As we love without fear. Perfect love casts out fear is one of the statements included in those verses from 1 John chapter 4. In fact, the whole of that verse says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. And then today we have this verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How does that fit together? I think the answer might be something like this. We aren't called to a life of anxiousness, or a life of tiptoeing around matters of reward and retribution, always worried about stepping on the wrong toes, always fearful of failing to live up to the holiness of God. We aren't called to that kind of fear, fear that makes loving others feel so risky that it seems impossible. But we are called to a life of perspective, to a life of humility, of self-awareness, of knowing our place in the world, in the universe, and of being wise about all of that. That kind of fear, reverence, respect, perspective, humility, keeps us on the path we need to be on, keeps us safe and steady, and allows us to have the focused kind of courage it takes to give ourselves to love. If we are going to be foolish, let us be fools for the sake of God and not toward God. Or even worse, foolish because we are trying to be God.
If you fear the Lord in this sense of respecting what you don't know completely or understand entirely, by acknowledging your smallness, by recognizing that smallness is not the same thing as insignificance or unworthiness, if you fear the Lord in the sense of embracing mystery and unknowing rather than striving for certainty and control, then you are on your way to being wise. And such wisdom knows and recognizes things like this. That you are important. You are important. But you are not the only one who is important. That you are worthy of love. But that doesn't mean that you need to be selfish or reckless. That you are smart and capable But more important than your ability to maximize your strengths is your surrender to grace. That you have a good sense of things, including a good sense of right and wrong. But as a person of faith, you need to be guided by something bigger and deeper and more focused than just your own mind. That you are called to love God and love neighbor, but it is not up to you to define God or to define who your neighbor is. And that you know a lot, but that there is far more of God and of the universe that is still a mystery to you. All of which brings me to just a few things I want to say about baptism, especially to those who are being baptized today, but also to all of us. The decision for baptism is actually best made in a spirit of some uncertainty. That is, knowing that you are seeking to understand God, to walk with God in the example of Jesus, but you don't have it all figured out yet. And you shouldn't have it all figured out yet. God is love, but God is also mystery. Thinking about God should offer you some assurance, yes, and some sense of closeness and comfort, but also a sense of unknowing, of wildness and wonder. This decision for baptism is an affirmation of home, an affirmation of this congregation, this community, which has shaped you and instructed you and supported you, that this is home to you. But this decision for baptism is also a way of saying that you are embarking on an adventure, the complete direction of which is not entirely clear to you. You wonder. You have a sense of wonder, and that's okay. In fact, more than that, your wonder and your wondering is good. And it's good that God is bigger than your mind can comprehend. It's good that you don't have all knowledge, all the answers. It's good that you live side by side with the mystery of faith. It's a bit disconcerting, but it's good. Because wisdom isn't about knowing all the facts or even all the feelings. Wisdom often involves knowing that you don't know everything, but that you know enough to know that you don't know everything. And so you're willing to keep going, to keep going on this journey of discovery. There is a constancy to God that invites us to trust, 
The gathering song for this morning, God of the Bible, put it this way. Fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise, God always faithful, you do not change. There is a constancy, but there is also still a cloudiness. Do we already know everything we need to know? Do we believe everything we will ever believe? Not yet. We have not completed the journey. In fact, in some ways, we are just beginning. But we do know something of this matter of in whose company we will make this journey. And we respect that company. We will have reverence for that company we keep. We will travel with Jesus. We will travel with each other. We will travel with our certainties and our uncertainties. We will travel with our promises and through our failures. We will be guided by God. The psalm says, holy and awesome is God's name. Indeed, holy and awesome is God's name. But also, holy and awesome is God's love. Holy and awesome is this invitation to walk this path. Holy and awesome is a life of seeking to keep company with the God who created you and who cares for you. Holy and awesome. Not simple and certain. Not clear and controlled. Not predictable and inevitable. But holy and awesome. To you who have decided today to join in this journey, marking this moment with baptism, welcome to the wonder. This is not something that is accomplished or even completely understood today. It is something that you are stepping into. And we are with you. And we are delighted to be with you. Have reverence for God by having reverence for this moment. Reverence that is perspective, humility, and wonder. And these steps you take, starting now, will lead you down a path toward wisdom. You will know more and more who you are, whose you are, and who is walking with you. And that will make all the difference in your life. Amen?